Hello and welcome to another episode of Edgeguard, a podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Blake. I'm joined um, as ever by my co-host and good friend Jordan. Heyo. How you doing, pal? That's me. I'm doing so good. Um, you ready to talk about ROM? I am. What's the meaning of... Do you ever heard what the meaning of that title is? R- Read-only memory. <laughs> okay, well, that's, I think, no, false, because there's no digital technology. I, I was actually kind of thinking that maybe it's pronounced Rome, and that it's oh, supposed shit. to evoke, like, Rome, like, R-O-A-M. Yeah, uh, like, roaming around. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, it occurred to me Rome. that... <laughs> that one's it, I mean, it, the it most stretch <laughs> yet. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> well, what's Rome anyway, about? Yeah. Rome is about... Uh, the little, game, little, not the ancient city. You know, it's a little moat of light that flies <laughs> around an island. I mean, I guess you as a character embody like a little a little moat of, of light, little little glittery... Yeah, it's like a will particle effect. Yeah, it, it is kind of a will of the wisp type thing. <laughs> anyway, you um you f- float about an island, sort of reactivating some what looks to be long forgotten machinery. Yeah, and, like uh, little runes in the ground that turn the machinery on that change the weather. Yeah, and that's kind of that's kind of what the game what the game is. It's you atmospheric in a double sense because it's how like do you mean a- atmospheric in a sense of a game like. It's about the atmosphere of the game, like just kind of the mood. Mm-hmm. And it's also about changing the atmosphere because you change the weather. Mm, okay. I guess I hadn't thought about it like that, but you do, you do change the weather. <laughs> it's a, it's a very, very moody game. It, uh, it's a vibey, you know, it's kind it of vibe. vibey. It's a little vibey. Uh, and we it's should got a say few vibes before continuing. This is a student game um, that was made by three game design students from uh, Ber- HTW Berlin with that program but uh paul schnepf uh rainer windolf or vindolf probably uh friedemann alleman roder um yes yeah also i didn't realize until uh we had already played this game's like three years old man it is like (laughs) three years a while ago yeah i'm uh i'm hoping they get our shout out when we we tell them we played their game on Twitter because hey, I, I was just on your, old, your game from a long time ago. You probably <laughs> don't care anymore. I was on their Twitter and they haven't tweeted since 2017. So <laughs> we'll see if <laughs> they about right. if they see it. But um, yeah, they put the game up on itch because uh, they had gotten good feedback from people and they wanted to see uh, what people thought about it online and then decide. I think based on the response they got online, they would decide if they wanted to pursue it. Um, mm. further or not and I mean it seems like you know the few people on itch who played it seem to really like it uh, so I hope they I hope they made something of it but yeah I'm curious if they're st- still out there making games I um, there are no Twitter stuff? handles for these individual people but I, they might be out there do you say yeah. where are you schnepf yeah schnepf <laughs> schnepf <laughs> where have you gone schnepf <laughs> um, anyway Rom. This is a this is a pretty pretty neat little game. It's uh, small. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you, it, it all takes place on like one island. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I was actually wondering if you had. I don't know what it was about this, but it really like felt familiar to me. Like something about the art mm-hmm. style. Like I just I couldn't quite figure out what it was, but maybe like s- some 
isometric RPG or something, but mm, it just it, felt like a game I've played before. And to um, me, it looks the most like, I hope this is one of those moments where you're like, that's exactly it. It looked similarly to um, Oxenfree. Like that oh, kind of style. Shit. Yeah. The the kind very, of it's like, a very different kind of game, but the, the sort of like color palette and the, the That's changes in lighting and even like the music. So is, I did uh, get an oxen free moment uh, from not the music, but one of the sound effects, which is mm. you probably remember this, but so I guess just to explain some context is how the game sure. works is you go around um, and there's sort of like four different areas of the island and each one has a number of little bits of like little lights on the ground that you have to touch in order to activate them. Uh, and that's how you change the weather. Um, and each one has one light that'll change the sound you're listening to. And for the one that like, um, I think this is one that like makes it all foggy and cloudy. Uh, mm. it, the sound effect isn't music. Uh. It's this like creepy ass, like, uh, like staticky radio sound that has like sure. garbled voices in it. They're like, <laughs> and I could have sworn one of them was saying, help me. But you couldn't quite tell because it was like very yeah. mumbly. And that reminded me of Oxenfree, like deserted yeah. island, like spooky sounds, weird yeah. shit happening with radios. Like, <laughs> boom. Yeah, I Oxenfree. forgot about that whole element of Oxenfree. Yeah, but that's yeah, a this, pretty big element of the game. It is it's true. <laughs> it's, it's been a while since I played that game. Okay, <laughs> I mostly remember uh, teenage drama. Okay, that is the other very large part of the game. So. The, the larger part of the game, Prob- one might yeah, argue. In fact, I remember when I was playing that game originally, which I did really like that game, so I can say this. Uh-huh. I, I remember at one point being like, okay, these kids need to shut up. There's bigger <laughs> there's bigger stakes than their little interpersonal squabbling right now. Don't you see mm-hmm. what's happening, you dumb kids? That's the point. Enjoy. I know, that's the plot of every like teen horror movie, but... But these teens are idiots. It's like, why yeah, can't I, you put aside your differences? Because we are petty teens. In order to defeat the ghost. Our differences are what define us. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, that's, uh, uh, I'm glad you sort of brought up that, that radio thing or just like sound in general. Cause I would maybe argue that that's this game's like strongest aspect mm. is, um, like the, the soundscape of it. And, um, I think music, <clears throat> the, like music is something that people will oftentimes be like, oh, the music is great in this game. Like the Zelda games are known for like having great music, like, oh man, the music is so good. Uh, mm. And uh, like a lot of times what, when people say that, it's like, oh, the, it has like memorable melodies or like catchy songs or whatever, right? Um, sure. Whereas like more atmospheric music and specifically sound design is something that people don't really like specifically call out all that often. Um, but I think it can also like make or break your games or at least it can, it can do a lot of footwork more yeah, footwork. Definitely. than I think a lot of people give it credit for. And I think this is one of those instances where like, if you're paying close attention to like the sound design, um, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on that like really helps uh, like create the mood of the game. And yeah, makes you feel more within this this world right yeah some some like more overt stuff and some subtle stuff too that i noticed with the sound i mean i did just think that though the like the weather sound effects just felt very like full i don't know how to like describe it but mm-hmm. just like when the storm was on it was just like it was like a lot of dimension to the 
the sound there. Yeah. Um, and then they, I they also, do. I don't know what it was, but the, the, the light that turns on and off the snow, mm-hmm. uh, it makes a very satisfying like pluck noise when it's like, mm-hmm. and I, it, I, <laughs> I don't know why, but I like, I like walked over that one several times. I was like, that's a, that's a high quality sound. Sometimes it's just yeah. a sound that you're like, that's a good sound. Yeah. And like, I think those are the more like things that people will tend to, to realize is like a, a specific sound effect. That's sort of a little bit, mm. it's, it's made to have you notice it. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas yeah. something like the, the ambiance, I think some of mm. what you're talking about is they do a really good job of, um, uh, utilizing like the stereo field and, um, sounds like actually existing within the space, like with respect to your, um, avatar in the game oh, to like, yeah. if you activate, um, a lot of the machines as you when you activate them they like turn on and they kind of like sit there and like kind of chug or like like there's machinery moving it's yes. uh so it's like mm-hmm. and um and it's as louder you move and quieter around the it, closer you are to it's it, louder yeah. and quieter the closer you are and as you move around it the sound moves within mm-hmm. the stereo field as well so you can uh hear a lot more and that's like a touch that you didn't have to put in there and that a lot of people won't um like consciously be aware of that's what's happening, but it's something that like will absolutely bring you in. And I think those are just a few concrete examples of uh, this that like, I think this game pretty much universally does a really good job mm-hmm. of um, integrating sound uh, like non musical and non in your face sounds in a way that's like really effective. Um, yeah. You already mentioned with like the weather sounding really full, but they also do a good job like varying it uh, between like the different weather that comes up because there's kind of like a lighter rain a heavier like thunderstorm kind of rain there's mm-hmm. snow and then and there's, there's kind of a calm mm-hmm. but it has sort of and like nighttime. an ocean wave yeah there's the nighttime and they like they do a really good job of, of varying up the the um, ambient sound yeah uh, during each of those times so like they each feel distinct mm-hmm. um, and probably the thing people notice the most is like the change of the color and the change of like the lighting uh, but that sound is, I think, doing a lot, a lot of work, and uh, it's it's good. Yeah, good job, Friedman. Oh, did did yeah, did Friedman do the sound? He did art, game design, and sounds. So shouts out, great Shout, sound, great sounds. <laughs> yeah, it's, sounds. I mean, it's, seriously though, it's it's one of those things that like people really, it's it's kind of it like seems with, like an add on rather than a fundamental part, even though it exactly, can be like, yeah, yep. Seems like it in the sense get, of people tend to react to it that way obviously like, yeah and it's and it's almost never something that people are going to be like oh that game was great it had great sound yeah right <laughs> like it's it's one of those things that it's doing the best job when you're not like noticing it super a lot sure um, because it's doing a lot of the work like subconsciously and i think a lot of it is that just like audio engineering and sound design are like kind of weird and hard to understand like most people don't under like have any idea how any of that shit works uh yeah and so yeah unlike so, yeah i mean i feel like a lot of people know like a little bit about like uh visual design or like a little bit about game design but mm-hmm. it's it's usually like the only people who know anything about sound design like know a lot uh, it's not yeah. something that yeah 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 so educate yourselves about sound design you bums <laughs> listen to song exploder or something i don't what i is mean this you don't know Song Exploder? Song oh, Exploder is great. It's a podcast mm. where, uh, you know, uh, an artist breaks down a song they wrote and they oh, like play the stems and talk to you about how they wrote each little part. And there's a lot of like sound design stuff that goes on 
uh, huh. there. Yeah. Or if you want another great uh, like podcast that's about like music production, sound design, the sample study, which is by uh, a guy called Two Mellow, who's uh, uh, makes games for or not games for music, makes music for games, and uh, he's a he's a cool dude, and it's knows a lot of stuff. He actually does sound mm-hmm. design on games as well. Shouts out Two Mellow. Um, anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> um, we were talking about, uh, well, I had a, I know thought about sound when, when you were mentioning that the, the sound of the weird little machines is, is really mm-hmm. nice. Um, that's, uh, the thing that those machines reminded me of, and this is probably literally just because I'm playing, I replayed abduction recently, the, mm. the game by CN worlds, the people who made mist, it's like their most recent game. Uh, mm-hmm. but the, something about those like abandoned machines really, reminded me of like a mist style puzzle game also like you're on an island and mm-hmm. and um and it doesn't explain to you what any of the machines do that's like the setup of all of their games um mm. but but the i hadn't really thought of this until you said this but it really is like um part of the um like like experience of encountering this like machine that you have no idea what it does it's just been left behind and you're just going to tinker with it until it does something uh, I never mm. really thought of this before, but the sound is a big part of like, like selling that, that yeah. sort of experience when like, when you hear it first hum to life and then like start like some weird clanky metal sound in the back, you're like, Oh shit, something's happening. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's one of those things where you could easily just have like, uh, you know, a stock sound of like a, a, a car engine or yeah, a lawnmower <laughs> or something running. Uh, but and maybe that is the case, but if the, <laughs> if that is the case, they've done a good job to um, they got a good you know, sound. mask it. But it's like either way, yeah. They they like there's some curation of like a, a machine that like very carefully sounds like kind of like it hasn't been operated in some time, right? Yeah. Uh, and is uh, like coming back to life and kind of like yeah, slowly. Show, at it's first, it's a little yeah. bit of extra effort, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good, man. Yeah. Also, I just like love the, the machines in this. Like that first one you encounter, most likely the first one you encounter, it's just like some tubes that go into the into the ocean, and this is the one that makes it rain. Like <laughs> the implication, it's like sucking out the <laughs> ocean water and turning it into rain. Yeah. So I think <laughs> that you and I have kind of like different interpretations of of this because I like I didn't really think of the um, the individual. Uh, uh, the different things is like weather. I thought of them more of it's like a, it's shifting the season. It's like the the color oh. of the ground uh, changes, uh, yeah, and in addition to like the weather makes... changes, right? Mm. Yeah, one of the yeah, I guess it turns kind of orange in one of them, which implies it's like autumn. Fall, or yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess I didn't. You could interpret the rain as like spring, maybe. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean that makes sense too. That's also very like video gamey, right? Like change the seasons. Isn't there a isn't there a Zelda game where you do that? Yeah, Oracle of Seasons. That there you go. <laughs> I think I think you change the seasons. That I actually haven't played that one. Yeah. That's one of the. That's like the. That's a Capcom DS one, one, right? Oh, Capcom. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, well, that's I the think one that I've a... only heard about because of the Mark Brown episode. Ah, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's one of the Capcom ones, I think. I want to say it's one of the that Capcom That sounds right. Ones. Yeah, it's like the 2D. I know Minish Cap is one of the Capcom ones. 2D top anyway. down. 
Yeah, yeah. I think uh, changing the seasons, especially in a game of this scale that literally all takes place on like one map that I presume is just one big image, uh, just yeah, in the way yeah, that you move around in it. Um, they get a lot of mileage out of like like atmosphere. I think you you described it as atmosphere ferric in more than one ways. I think that's really accurate because I think that's the thing they do really well. The sound design that we were talking about is all like very atmospheric and it, like really good and they, mm-hmm. they get a lot of mileage out of like we tinge this a little bit of different color and make it look like nighttime and it has a very different feel now um, which is again like I think this game is a lot uh, the ways in which it is most effective are just like little subtle ways of like uh, dictating like mood and feeling generally mm-hmm. um, that that it does like you know it's a it's a a, a, a very gentle touch uh, yeah. on from almost everything the whole game is um, very gentle yeah it is and it's it's nice <clears throat> it's it a nice, nice game <laughs> relaxing i like i like to play it is this yeah, a, is this one that's actually meditative no no uh, no, no, I, no. I, now i'm remembering the way you use meditative it's like it's something that's like monotonous well it's, i i don't think that it i i don't think that those are mutually exclusive like no, no, find... I just remember we had a discussion on another episode of the podcast. Yeah, I know. Where you were confused. I know, I remember, I was remember? there too. Okay. <laughs> but I'm saying like, there are, t- there are different kinds of medi- meditation, I would say. Sure, there are different. Sure. There are different ways to uh, feel a similar, like, chill. relaxed satisfaction uh, mm. in your brain. One of them could be uh, like easing into monotonous activity, and sure. one can be like gently, uh, like immersing yourself in uh you know slight variations or something right like there's there's different uh different ways to feel you know relaxed jordan <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a judgment I don't just don't put me in a box jordan in, okay in i'm meditative box, as like, hell bro you're right in that box labeled meditation bro i'm so meditative <laughs> you're, you're making I'm me so, so calm. mad right now you have no idea how calm i am right now i'm chill as hell <laughs> right now. fuck you i'm so chill uh what else what else we got here oh i did want to talk about Mm. how um how teeny tiny the player avatar is represented on this screen interesting Um, because for like the vast majority of this game you're a teeny tiny little speck of light and another another like small detail that they get a lot of mileage out of is like uh bringing the camera in as you sort of like move up to a dramatic point or like toward the tips of the, the island, the island yeah. Of, the camera something. like does a nice job of just like slowly pushing in on you and like getting up to where you're a little bigger. But even at the closest point, you're still like a, basically a tiny little speck of light with like a trail behind it. Mm-hmm. And it's not that common that <clears throat> uh, you're like that small in a game. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have an interesting thought about this, but well, you're, um, you're almost like the size you are in like a real time strategy game, except you're just yeah, of a one, single unit, but a single unit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I actually had the exact same thought when you I was, did. I was like, yeah, you're, yeah. I was like, you're so small. It's like the the closest comparison I can think of is I was watching a video of some people playing like uh, Command and Conquer, oh, uh, sure. and it's like the tiny little units. Um, uh, and there's I actually clicking where they go you control them with uh joystick in this. Yeah, or I did. I guess you probably don't have to. No, I did as well. I always uh try like 
I just have my controller sitting on my desk and it's always Same. plugged into my computer. So I was just like sit and like twiddle the stick and see if it, if works. it works. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. if it does, I'm like, hell yes. I, found I can lean back. It's like literally if the only way I will choose mouse and key. I mean, this is obvious. I'm sure lots of people this way, but if I'm mm-hmm. aiming with a mouse is the only time I'm like, okay. I yeah. Even, even sometimes like, I mean, a lot of first person games, there's no shooting. So, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. I'll That's what I mean. Like, a, like where bag. I need to aim closely. Like if I'm just, yeah. I don't play walking simulators with a although, did mouse you see and keyboard. This, That's barbaric. Did you see this, uh, piece on, uh, shouts out to uh waypoint rest in peace <laughs> on vice games, uh, about wait, rest in peace. Uh, yeah. Did you not hear about this? Did they get canceled? Bro, they killed Waypoint. I mean, <gasps> no. so they didn't. They didn't really. That all the people are still there. They've just like folded it into Vice, so it's now just like oh. Vice.com/slash/games oh, rather no. than being their own size, which bums me out. But yeah. they also like have merged with like the motherboard people who are also writing about games. So there's like it's not just the Waypoint people. It's like the Waypoint people plus some of the motherboard people. Which, uh. in fairness, there's a lot of good writing happening in, on motherboard yeah. too, but. Mm. Waypoint, my heart, dude. <laughs> it's so sad. Um, but anyway, uh, this is all to say that uh, they they published a piece uh, about um, mouse and keyboard, or like, uh, yeah, mouse and keyboard on console. It's actually really interesting because uh, oh, they talk a lot about how like there's some data that. that supports the fact that it uh, mouse and keyboard actually doesn't give you an unfair advantage over. Um, players using uh, a gamepad. The only way I believe that is for like standard skill level of there's no way at like the high level of skill. Well yeah, but how many people are playing that at that level? Like I think I think people Plus also it depends if you have aim assist with uh, Yeah, which every every game on a console, every first person game since Halo has some sort of aim assist. Um so it's it's a really interesting piece though, talking about how um, developers uh, like auto banning people for like subverting normal means to use mm. a mouse and keyboard uh, is actually like really shitty for accessibility because there are a lot of people with like motor disabilities sure. or their individual finger dexterity is really bad or yeah. uh, they have like uh, malformed digits or just like non-standard hands yeah and so they can use or a even chronic mouse. pain can make it a, a problem yeah absolutely so yeah. uh it's a it's an interesting piece you should check it out it's yeah. i guess it's just like go to vice and look up there actually if you go to waypoint.zone it'll still redirect you to uh to yeah. the uh the, the gaming section of vice it's a really good piece i should i'm gonna pull it up just so i know who it's by yeah so the, the question it, it is an interesting question though I, I sort of like i almost find people's like the vehemence of people with, with which people react to it more interesting than the like question itself. It just shows that people are like really attached to this, like this, like totally abstract idea of what fairness is. Like, like everyone has to use the exact same thing. Otherwise it can't possibly be fair. And it's like, sure. It's like, well, no matter what decision you make, you're going to be like producing something that's better for some people and worse for other people. So it's just a matter of which mm. one you pick. Like, yeah. yeah. So, um, Oh damn! I can't find this piece. What? Where Where'd it go? It was up here like on Monday or something. Where did it go? Did, maybe it wasn't no from Vice, and I. It's just, been like, deleted totally... now. Everything that you ever are gonna try to find on Vice or Waypoint is oh my gosh, 
Hold on. Um, I'm going I'm to keep looking for this. Talk about something. Um, well, I just one other thought I had about uh, I, there's probably no parallel for this in like first person shooters, but uh, I always found it interesting that in um, like Super Smash Bros, uh, because Smash 64 has been out of like production for so long, people are using mm-hmm. all sorts of weird controllers to play it. And there's like a debate of you can use a keyboard in that game. Uh, and it's like you it'll mm. make you worse in almost every single way except for di because the way that di works is you go back and forth on the joystick but if you're using if you're uh. using a uh arrow like an arrow pad uh, you can mm. go back and forth much faster than you can with a joystick so it's like that's you, so you suck in every way but you're crazy good at di yeah and that's a that's an interesting thing right like something where a game has been around for you know yeah, almost like 20 years 20 at this years, point yeah. and people are still finding new ways to and to like it's a trade-off obviously yeah but they're finding new ways to improve certain aspects of the game that people maybe thought you couldn't improve on it's yeah. it's, it's definitely like an interesting an interesting thing i found the piece by the way it definitely was on vice i don't know why i couldn't find it maybe i think it might have been uh under tech not the the games vertical mm. but it's by uh, emmanuel myberg uh who you should know from motherboard um anyway it's a it's a piece i actually didn't haven't read the whole thing but what i have read was definitely uh like worthwhile hmm. uh so i'll check it out but yeah. what you were talking about with smash just now actually reminded me of my experience playing did you ever play hyperlight drifter no i still haven't played that actually oh, you should play that that's a great game that's, many have told me this yeah, and actually, it has some similarity, like some of the atmospheric stuff that yeah, um, I was just Rom that. does really well. Yeah. Um, but I there's a there's a challenge in that game. So there's like uh, dashing that you do in that game. Yeah, to kind of like zip around, and um, there's uh, it's like really timing based, and the timing window is actually like pretty tight. So it's kind of hard to you can you can get an ability that lets you chain the dash infinitely, but you have to get down the timing, and it's it's kind of a weird timing to do. Um, and I was trying it, uh, on mouse and keyboard or on the gamepad, how I was playing most of the game. There's basically like a room where you can dash in a circle and it, uh, there's like achievements and unlocks that happen for getting like a ridiculously long, like dash chain. Um, Hmm. and I was trying to get, there's one of them that's like, you get to a hundred and that's when you get like an in-game thing. And then after that, I think it's just like an achievement. And I was, uh, you're this, it's like a, the room is a loop and so you're kind of supposed to like dash in a big loop and I could not figure it out. And then just out of curiosity, I like switched the controls over to mouse and keyboard. And basically uh. what you could do in mouse and keyboard is you could put your cursor at the uh, center, like oh. just in one spot and then so dash past it looking. back and forth. Oh, that's, so then that you is weird. <laughs> so then I'm just sitting there jamming the space bar and I don't have to think about like aiming where I'm going and going in a circle. It's just all timing and it's just like good, good, good. And that's how I ended up getting it is uh, just uh, by like focusing singularly. So it's kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I guess the mouse and keyboard can, makes an even bigger difference if it's top down because like the existence of the point, the cursor is just is no equivalent when you're using the, the gamepad, right? Like you just by default face whichever way i assume the, the stick the, is the right stick yeah yeah mm-hmm. huh? that's weird um yeah, kind of cool. that, that reminds me also of so uh i was playing uh, when i started sekiro i switched the um the block and the attack from rblb 
to mm. uh, the triggers. Um, Fool. Well, so it was, I found that to be much easier for uh, almost everything except for one mini boss, the guy that whips his sword at you super fast, like he unsheaths it really quick. Oh, yeah. Because you, 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 you have to do it twice. And so you can't, mm. because the time it takes for the trigger to go back to neutral is enough mm. that you can't do it it's extremely hard to do two of them really fast. So I like mm. was getting murdered by that guy and I just switched the binding back and then I beat him on my first try. Yeah. Um, there you go. Controllers, Ultimate man. Controls, man. Yeah. They, it's nuts. They change things. Um, yeah. Okay. So another thought I had about ROM, um, is, mm-hmm. uh, it's, there may not be anything interesting to say about this, but I did find it, um, an interesting choice that they, they, they have like, basically objectives in this game because it's like you mm-hmm. go you basically collect the four symbols right? sure like and then it activates the thing in the middle and then you can change the atmosphere at your leisure i was wondering mm-hmm. if you had any thoughts about why they it, that game is just about atmosphere why like why have such explicit have like objectives. A, a sort of gamified objective in that way yeah i don't know i mean i think part of it is just like that's give what you reason to walk yeah yeah it's like uh certain i think there's a certain uh like average player that's like what do i do is the first question yeah exactly so it's like i'm gonna you put a controller in my hand and just like i don't know just like float around and do whatever then people are gonna be like okay well whatever i'm just gonna go do something else whereas like giving just enough of like oh you should do this or like here's things you can do is a way to like uh, encourage people to like just engage with the game on like a basic level and then once you've like bought in with like oh here's an objective then you can have it be like oh the ob- the objective really doesn't matter that much we just wanted you to you know yeah. cruise around and and explore right. a bit yeah i guess the objective almost works as a kind of tutorial because like your first your first impulse when you get in the game is to walk mm-hmm. towards the little purple lights or little teal lights i mean because a it, light that's the same color as as you character. yeah exactly it's like oh yeah. clearly that that must have some significance. And then as soon as you, something happens when you do it, you're like, Oh, I should go do that to all of them. So it it kind of like, I guess, yeah, it's kind of like it teaches you how to operate the weather. So that's, yeah. And it's like, it's a, it's a, this is a game that's largely about like exploration and atmosphere, but encouraging people to like actually be interested, like in order to explore, it's a self-driven thing, right? So you have to want to go see what's going on. And so giving even a basic objective, even if, there's no, uh, you know, they don't tell you, oh, there's a reward for doing this or um, there, there isn't a reward so far yeah. as I can tell other than like experiencing the different parts of the game. Oh, I got a Steam um, achievement. Did you not? I <laughs> played this game on itch, not no, Steam. I'm just kidding. I did. I played it on itch too. I don't think it was on Steam. <laughs> wow. <laughs> can't believe you just lied to our listeners, dude. That's <laughs> fucked up. I gave myself an achievement. I just wrote out a little... You did it. You did a it. sticky note and I put it on my note. shirt and I was like, stuck it on your forehead. Very proud. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> I did it. Like, I look accomplished. It. I did it. I've done like, the thing. Nice. Like, um, do go fucking wash the dishes. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, there's one last thing I wanted to cover that I have on my notes. And that's a, a kind of a question. Do you think they change the speed of your little light in different areas? I'm almost sure they do, but only one area did I feel confident about that, which is in the bottom right, the moon area. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's, so that's where I was like, because um, in the I'm moon area... 95% sure that you're faster I am in too. that area. I am too. 
uh you so you go into this bottom right area and you you first have to hit a little thing with a moon on it and then there's yes. like further on the tip of this little like peninsula that goes off the side of the island i guess i would i don't know what that would be it's peninsula it's a jetty or something uh you like go off and there's like it's almost like a musical mini game where um there's like five buttons in a big circle around uh, a little light and then a song starts playing and each of the little buttons plays a different note and you kind of can like zip around Mm -hmm. and i think they just they bump up your speed to um so that i i i almost think they bump it up so that uh you're naturally based on the distances between the uh the different lights that it'll be kind of like closer to the tempo and sort of like fit the the tempo of the song that's playing uh that's my Mm -hmm. theory as to why they did it uh, but maybe it's also that it just makes it feel more lively. And like when you hit that thing, there's like fireworks and the song's kind of yeah. upbeat. So I think it's meant to be, it's like the most lively uh, aspect or like piece of the game, I would say. Yeah, um, it is lively. Yeah. I'm not hundred percent sure what the, um, what the precise reasoning is. Cause you can't, you don't quite go. My sort of impulse was to try to hit the, the little lights to some sort of beat because it like makes a little sound for each one you hit, but you can't really uh-huh. go fast enough to, chain them together into a, mm-hmm. a veritable tune. So mm-hmm. wasn't hundred percent sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but I, it made me curious if they had like times where they more subtly mess with the, the speed of your character, or if that's kind of like yeah. a, a one-off, but again, it's another, like one of those like little light touches that I didn't notice it the first time, but then after I had gone and done all the parts of the, like I had sort of, I don't know, done lit up all the things in the center I kind of went back to that one because I liked the song and I was just kind of fiddling around. And then when I left, I was like, oh shit, I just got slower. I yeah, bet you they do that. Yeah. That's that's I when know. I really notice it. It's a, just another, another. this game is a the sum of many little details. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's good. I many like a it. detail. I just, I think I just occurred to me what the other game it was that it was reminding me of is um, mm. Pillars of Eternity. The sort of art style is a little bit similar. That's a isometric RPG uh, mm-hmm. and, um, that kind of has a similar top to, or like top isometric point of view as this and the sort of like painty style reminded me of it a little bit. Yeah, I have never played that game, but um, it's good. It's if you it's like to be great RPGs. Yeah. Cool. Good game. Well, is there is there anything else you you wanted to cover with uh, this here uh, ROM or uh no you, that was uh that was everything piece. I had so I guess we can uh we can introduce the game for next week which is a game called The Interlude um which is a uh game by Crawl Space Studio um which is two people uh Calestia and it looks like Small, small signs, signs. it there? seems like there's a there's a little there's a few more people there's credit at small signs at Calestia three mm-hmm. and then music by Darcy Welsh and at Calestia three and then radio voices by Portia and Jack so a few, uh, a few the folks yeah the the game is described as a real-time claustrophobic anti-thriller uh, <laughs> that is uh, interesting i I love games man (laughs) games i love like i just like these weird uh, the games that we play for this podcast like yeah seriously what a weird tagline that's fucking badass and like that sounds great i'm not 100 (laughs) sure what the game is but looking at it it involves uh 
sitting in a car and using your Lokia cell phone. Haha, <laughs> Lokia, get it. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know what else is besides that. It's got a very, very PS1 uh, aesthetic. So we, we mentioned in uh, our Paratopic S- episode that that's the, the retro graphic style that we want to see more of. So here it is. Yeah. <laughs> and Delivering. speaking of Paratopic, based on the screenshots, this might be the the only game that it is doing better than Paratopic. It's, uh, it's looking... <laughs> Making them, I mean, that's yeah. the thing that caught my eye that made me want to play this game and add it to our, our list was uh, I saw a screenshot of like a fake Nokia phone in like a PS1 game and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> they got my shit. PS1, it's all, it's the only thing I want. Yeah, you know, it's weird because I don't even, like I didn't even play the PS1 that much. I never owned kind of, one. I, I owned a hand-me-down PS1 that my cousin gave me when he got a PS2, but he kept all the good games uh, because uh, it was the PS2 was backward compatible, so mm. I basically just had like a bunch of demo discs, and then like <laughs> I think I had I think I maybe had Spyro the Dragon one because he was like, oh, this is a kiddie game. Dude, my and, friend like, had was Spyro, and it was older. like it was like the Holy Grail. I was like, oh, I want to oh hell yeah, run like around Spyro, poke, poking a goat in the ass with your horns. Hell yeah, yeah, dude. I I was only allowed to have Nintendo games as a kid, the the family oh, games. Oh, interesting. It wasn't until I got uh, a little older then. And we then we got the Xbox, but they get to roast the sheep <laughs> in Spyro. Yeah, I had to go to friends' houses for that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we will be playing um, the interlude next week. In the meantime, if you want uh, a link to find that game and just other cool links and cool <laughs> stuff, you should follow us on Twitter at EdgeGuardCast. It's a it's a it's a it's a real hub of cool stuff. You know, mm-hmm. always always doing cool stuff. Uh, we find, this week, I we find the the. We go through itch, itch.io so you don't have to. We find yeah. games worth playing. Yeah, and also uh, just other weird stuff. I uh, this week, the over the last couple weeks, uh, GDC the had their YouTube page has been publishing all the talks from GDC 2019. So I've been kind of going through those. Oh, and the nice, other day, yeah, I yeah. the other day I watched a talk by uh, uh, Grace Brooksner. I discovered ah. it's not Bruxner, it's Brooksner. Oh, Brooksner. Uh, or as she would say, because she's Australian, Brooksna. Nah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, she did a talk on the the Haunted Island of Frog Detective game, which we played for this oh, podcast and enjoyed a delightful lot. Delightful game. And and it was a really cool talk, really interesting. And so I retweeted it on Twitter. So go uh, follow us on Twitter so you can see that kind of cool, awesome content. Blake um, also finds the good GDC talks. He finds everything good. That, I'm out All here, the content bro. that you one-stop shop curator. I'm a purveyor of good taste. What can I say? Tastemaker. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, follow us on Twitter and uh, bye bye. <laughs>